And so it truly is looking at the individual's most probable time to open currently, but we've built it in a way that we could build it start thinking about what's their most probable time to actually engage, not just open, but when do we know that they're going to convert on this email, whatever that conversion may look like. And so it is a one-to-one, I send to a thousand people through an automation a thousand different times that it sends out based on that person's most probable time to open. Please enter access code. Welcome to the Biz Power Hour podcast, where we discuss all things related to your business in sales, marketing, software, and strategy, bringing you the industry-leading experts with uncut and unedited advice, opinions, and actionable takeaways. Sit back and relax. This is the Biz Power Hour, and it begins now. How's it going? This is Daniel Bushes, and I want to welcome you to the next episode of the Business Power Hour. This month, we've got the hidden power that lies within Active Campaign. And we're very blessed to have two incredibly smart people that are here with us that are employees of Active Campaign that are going to be doing a deep dive into everything that Active Campaign can do for your business. I'd first like to introduce Kelly O'Connell with the Active Campaign. If you could, Kelly, could you give the people that are listening a little overview of what you do at Active Campaign and you know who you are? Of course, yeah. My name is Kelly O'Connell. I'm principal product manager here at Active Campaign. I've been in the marketing automation space for around eight years, but joined Active Campaign um, around four years ago. So, started the customer success department, which really focuses on onboarding and how our users use the platform, pain points, and really getting them up and running. Uh, did a tour in sales as a sales engineer, so really understood not just our own users, but anyone in marketing automation and what they're trying to do, what uh, what they're struggling with, what they're looking for as far as functionality and feature sets in a platform, uh, and then join the product team. So now I'm really focused across the product as a whole um, in understanding how can we better serve our customers and, and make sure we're sort of pushing the industry forward. Wow, that's amazing. You've had quite the journey. That's, it's been that's fun. It's been a yeah. wild ride. <laughs> uh, we also have Corey Snyder from Active Campaign. So, Corey, if you give a quick introduction to the listeners to who you are and what you do at Active Campaign, that'd be great. Sounds good. <clears throat> so, again, again, thank you, Daniel, for having us on. Uh, my name is Corey Snyder. I have uh, been with Active Campaign for a little over 30 days now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've, I've spent probably the last 12 years at 12 years in the MarTech SaaS um, industry. Started my uh, tenure with Infusionsoft, was there for about 10 years, built and developed their channel uh, sales team from the ground up, in, including the program, and um, spent a good amount of time started in sales and, and that whole nine yards. And so I currently own the, I'm the, currently the director over channel. So I own the channel organization here at Active Campaign. Wow, that's exciting. So I think one of the really unique dynamics and I'm, you know, as a marketer and an agency owner, I'm really excited about is that we've got marketing on the call and we have sales on the call. We know historically, sometimes marketing and sales don't always get along. So the fact that marketing and sales is together in unison on this call is, is really excited. It, it, it speaks volumes to, you know, how you guys are running your organization. So I think if we're going to have um, some really unique perspectives from both of you, because obviously, Corey, you're coming from sales, and Kelly, you're coming from marketing, and there's definitely a difference. They play well together when in sync, 
but there's definitely a difference of the, the value and the strategy for what you're trying to extract from each of those kind of, um, you know, uh, curriculum, so to speak. So our topic is the hidden power that lies within active campaign. And before we start to get into that, you know, there's a lot of talk in the world about, you know, marketing automation and CRM or, or customer relationship management and, and, you know, email marketing and sales pipelines and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think a lot of people, even people that are a little bit more advanced with using some of those platforms, don't truly understand what that is. So for those that are kind of wondering, um, I'm going to turn to you first, Kelly. Can you just, can you define what that is? And um, by all means, you can define that within what ActiveCampaign, uh, how, how they define what their, their service or platform is. Of course. Yeah. I think you, you hit it on the head. I think everyone says that they're in the marketing automation space. It's certainly a huge category that has a lot of opportunity and a lot of people that are looking for um, a marketing automation platform. But I think everyone sort of defines that a little differently. Um, and so you certainly have email service providers that are more focused on, I have a list of people and I want to send them emails that may also say that they do marketing automation, but more often than not, they're probably doing just sequences of emails to those lists of people. Um, and then where we sort of more focus on in marketing automation is more segmented, more sort of that one-to-one -one experience with, with a customer. And so uh, we actually think of ourselves as focusing on customer experience automation, not just marketing automation. So businesses, every business has marketing aspects, but, you know, as we mentioned, you have sales teams, you have support teams, you have all of these different ways in which your customers are interacting with your, with your brand and with your company. And so we want to focus on all of those experiences and helping automate some of those processes, automate that when I'm speaking with a support rep, they know who I am and my touch points and how I've engaged, not just that marketing aspect. So we focus really on that holistic customer experience, um, their entire experience across the different touch points with companies um, and making sure that you can automate between that and really make sure every team has the data available that, that they need and can be really relevant in a human touch way or in messaging and, and marketing. Yeah, I think that's, that's really uh, well put. Um, Corey, um, from you coming from a sales perspective, um, what's the benefit of having segmented communication based off of, you know, what that potential customer is engaging with the company for? <clears throat> it's a good question. I think first and foremost, I think our, our goal is to create a visceral connection with that end uh, person that's opted into our marketing. <clears throat> and I think when you look at it specifically in sales, you want to be able to leverage the technology you have to be able to deliver the best message to the end, the individual receiving said message. And when you, I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you're, you're giving an example. I'm part of <clears throat> my insurance company. Uh, they send me a, an email every single month asking me to become a customer. I've been <laughs> on with them for probably 10 years. Um, so Safeco, that wasn't a smart move, but uh, I do love them. But that's kind of the perfect example is uh, they, they have not segmented me effectively in their database. And so um, it, it's that weird uh, transition or where that rude relationship where I do love them. I love the service, but I get an email asking every month if I would be their customer. And I have been for 10 years. And so I think that's, that's, that's a piece of 
uh, that relationship you're trying to change uh, within your within your list and with your customer base. But you also, again, you're trying to build a relationship. It's more than just uh, email marketing these days. It is uh, a, a, having a customer and having that relationship is more than just that transaction, in my opinion, these days. You know, I think that's a really good point because, you know, a lot of people uh, argue, oh, you know, email might be on its way out. There's new forms of communication and, you know, you all can weigh in on that. But I, I disagree. I think that email is still the primary form of communication. The only difference is, you know, customer or, or consumer behavior has, has shifted, right? No one wakes up in the morning and says, gee, I, I hope I got more emails today, right? <laughs> and so, you know, kind of saying to what, you know, bringing up to what you said, Corey, it's a friction point, right? So if you don't have the right communication going to the right customer, right, of where they are in their path to purchase, then that's a friction point. There's going to come a point in time that that friction is going to build up that they're going to, they're going to leave or they're not going to want to hear from you. So kind of adding to what you were saying, Kelly, of touching along all of the points in the customer journey, I would imagine that would be a, a, a huge value, would it not? Yeah. And, and to sort of go back to the, the email being dead, I still think email is the greatest. I mean, it's still the most profitable way to message. Um, I think it's, you know, you make every 30, $38 for every dollar you spend. Email is still incredibly effective. It's just people have figured that out and companies have figured that out. And so you are fighting for attention when you get into that inbox. And the only way that you're going to get that attention is if you're speaking value, you're, you're expressing value to the recipient and you have a connection with them where they really feel like, oh, they know who I am. They know what I'm interested in. They know what I like and don't like. They know when I want to be contacted. So I don't think email is dead. Um, but I also know that consumers are everywhere. They're going to touch your company in, in lots of different ways, email being one of them. And so it's not email centric. It's not mobile centric. It's mm -hmm. not web chat, it's all of those. And then being able to surface that information across those and really understanding I'm still the same person on each of these channels. We don't have to treat me like a new person just because I showed up in a place that I haven't showed up yet before. Um, and so I, I just wanted to, to hit on that real quick, but I, yeah. I agree with you. Email's not dead. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a really good point. So um, one of the things you had mentioned earlier was about automation, right? And so I think there's sometimes a confusion about automation and, and sometimes people, and there's, there's a lot of different facets to that. And I'm sure you'll, you'll address some of them. Um, but there's a difference and this is a two point thing. So I'll, I'll try to be concise here, but there is a difference between sending emails in a sequence that have no logic behind it. And that's really talking at someone, not, you know, dynamically changing based off of their behavior, whether it's a click or a purchase or whatever, that it sends them down another channel. And so that could be one point of automation, but there's also other things that automation can do too. Um, can you just elaborate a little bit about that for, you know, what Active Campaign does? Because people sometimes hear automated marketing, and I don't think they really understand what that means or what a system that has the features that active campaign, what, what that could do. Yeah. I think automation can be a little, a little scary. You know, it, it, you can think like, Oh my gosh, robots are going to take over and it's going to feel even <laughs> colder than just 
cold email. And, and that's sort of what we try to get away from is not just take batch and blast or spray and pray and whatever you used to call email marketing and do it with a sequence of those. We, we don't, we certainly don't want to do that. Um, so yes, there's one element where you can really start getting tailored and segmented and saying, okay, if they do this, or if they engage in this way, or if they have these attributes, then I want to send different types of messages. Um, but we also are big believers in not automating everything. And so while you can have automation help with messaging, you can also have automation help with that human touch component. And so we love automating and sort of helping knowing when should you have that human touch moment. And so we use active campaign here, even with our own sales team. And so while of course there are things that we want to automate and we want to help people nurture sequences and onboarding sequences, we also want to say, oh, well, when these things happen, we want to have a one-to-one human relationship meeting or conversation. And so it's not just spraying out these messages. It's really making sure when, when, our, when our customers are trying to get in touch with us in different ways or expressing interest uh, implicitly in different ways, we want to aid sort of, hey, sales rep or support rep or account manager, we really think that you should reach out and, and have a conversation with, with this person. Yeah, that's a really good point. So let's, let's talk about some of the features and in a little bit, we'll get into a deep dive of some of the things that you're really excited about that, you know, active campaign really shines with its power. But for someone who's listening, who maybe is not that familiar, or maybe they're even a customer and they don't realize all of the things that active campaign does, can you, can you kind of gloss over and talk about some of those briefly? And then later we can get into the nitty gritty of the ones that you're really excited about. Of course. Yeah. So I think one of the, the biggest power houses that we have in, in active campaign is with any data that we bring in with any information about customers, we have a huge focus on let's make that actionable not just actionable that I can trigger a sequence off of it, but I can start segmenting off of it. I can branch off of it. And so we integrate with e-commerce platforms. A lot of, a lot of companies like ours integrate with e-commerce platforms and you can see on a person's record what they've bought or you know, what their total revenue is. Um, but we wanna make that actionable. So we can start saying, well, if customers have purchased these products or so many products or their revenue is of this amount, their total revenue, then we can branch them differently. We can pull that product information into email content. We can trigger different automations based on what people purchase. And so that's just one example, but I think we really, we really wanna make sure that if you're bringing something in, we're not just storing it. We wanna make sure that you can segment on it and really use it to tailor that experience that you're, that you're providing to your customer. So that's done within automations, but also just within our segmentation capabilities. Um, and I think the flexibility and robustness there um, is really the, the big thing. So it's not just they have this field value, but you can start grouping those segments. You can have different logics. You can build really, really complex um, sort of groups of people that in platforms that I've used before, you have people writing SQL queries or sort of making sure that they can get people into the right, the right audience. Um, but it's really just an intuitive sort of logic builder that you can start getting pretty granular with groups of segments and, and things like that. And to tag onto that, I think... <clears throat> 
going back a little bit too, I, I think Active Campaign's vision is to be part of the solution, not the solution. There are a lot of solutions out there that are best of breed. I think in the in the in the way that we leverage CRM and, and automation um, is one is one way that we say, you know what, this is the area we're going to focus on. This is what we want to get really really good at, and what that allows you to do is get really good at it. <laughs> um, if you look at the world, the last ten over the last ten years, you had heavily um, you had two two types of buyers. Um, in in my opinion, you got pragmatic buyers and you got early adopters. And if you look ten years ago you had heavily early adopters, your digital agencies that were purchasing stuff, selling a ton of stuff online. Um, they were looking for an all-in-one sales and marketing solution, whereas the world has evolved to have these really strong best of breeds, these really strong uh, APIs that allowed you to say, you know what, I like that CRM. I like that automation. I like that e-commerce. I like that opportunity management. Um, and that's kind of what I think, the, I think that's the strong suit of what Active Campaign has to say, is they've kind of put their foot down and said, we're going to be good at this, me damn good at this. We're also going to make sure that we're integrated with a lot of additional solutions. So you can say business owner, agency, you can kind of pick and choose what you want and build your own solution um, versus being, um, being wrapped up into a solution and, and being able to, and being forced to use uh, an e-commerce or an affiliate management solution that you may not think is the best of breed. And the customers we work with, we, we do have a focus on small and medium-sized businesses. They are yeah. not tied into multi-year contracts with the platforms that they're playing with. And so I've worked with hundreds of customers that are like, well, I'm going to try this learning management platform. And then two months later, I'm going to switch. We want to make it really easy that you don't have to rebuild the entire infrastructure around switching out these platforms. We just don't have customers that are using platforms for three to five years and are locked in. They want to play, they want to learn, they want to adopt, you know, the functionality that's really going to work for them. We don't want to go out and have to build all of that and sort of catch up to these platforms that do things really, really well with appointment scheduling or, or things like yep. that. We just want to be able to play with them and make sure that our users can understand what's going on in those platforms, can help automate some of that process, can provide a really seamless experience. And to Kelly's point, feed all that information in and run out of automation on it, which is super killer. Yeah. You know, I, I think you make a really good point. Um, every once in a while in our agency, we'll have customers or potential customers that'll come to us and they'll say, well, um, I, I need a solution and I, I only want one thing. I don't, I don't want to mess with a whole bunch of stuff. And I get it because it, you know, for them, they're thinking about ease of use. And then I turn back around to them and I say, by chance, do you, do you have a landscaper? And they're like, yeah, why? And I'm like, does your landscaper do your dental work? And they're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, would you ask your landscaper to build an addition on your house? And they're like, what? No, that's crazy. What, what are you talking about? And I'm like, so why would you ask your solution for software to do everything? You, you want whatever you're choosing to be, like you said, Corey, best in breed. And so you'll, you'll have a barber you'll, or a hairdresser, you'll have a landscaper, you'll have a dentist, you'll have you know, a family doctor, you'll have all these different people and that's what they do. And if they happen to be saying, I can do everything, you might question, <laughs> can they really do it? Should I hire this, this person, right? And so it's weird when it comes into the digital space that they forget that, right? And they forget that, hey, we need to have the best in class and then we need to make sure that everything's going to work together to achieve their goals. And a so, lot of times, so, and sorry to butt in, a lot of no, times there are platforms that 
that do a lot of things. And, and you certainly could starting out say, this is going to handle what I need. But far too often you hit a limiter so early on in what you're trying to do. It just can't do that next thing that, that you need it to do. And you're sort of stuck into this all in one. Well, now I've got all of these things talking to each other and it's so much harder to sort of switch around knowing I need to grow in this way. Um, and, and those, those platforms, they could be easier to use at the beginning, but far too often you're hitting a limit much earlier than you would with, you know, platforms that really fit your need from, from the get go. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So we, we talked about, you know, the automation, we talked about that, uh, you know, that part with the email marketing. So now what about people that are saying, okay, well, you're, your system sounds really great. It's bringing all this information in. You can automate uh, based off of that and I can segment. So I can even say, okay, well, if a customer bought one candle, then um, I want to sell them a pack of candles. And if they bought that, then I can segment and say, hey, you should get on our monthly subscription, get a candle a month or whatever that might be for them, right? Now, what about people that have you know, um, that are doing sales, whether they're inbound or outbound sales. And they're looking at that saying, well, how can I, if all that information is going into those contact records and we can automate on it, how can we build like some type of pipeline or something? So our sales team can, can act upon those people when they go into those buckets. Yeah. So we do have, um, a CRM. So we have a CRM in the platform that has pipelines and stages and deal owners, and you can move those through the sales process, mark them one lost, really no details about it. Um, as Corey alluded to, we have a solution there, but we also play really nicely with other CRMs. And so if our CRM doesn't fit the need, that's totally okay. Um, but we use our CRM here at Active Campaign for our sales teams, for our account management teams. Um, and so the inbound works great. You know, you have leads coming in from various forms on your site, from live events, from any way in which they come in, purchases. And you can use automation to say when they hit a qualifying event or if they're engaging with us in certain ways, we want to enter them into the pipeline and really surface that information to a sales rep. The big power, um, and I set up a lot of ours even internally, is that you can even automate some of that process. So it's not just, okay, let's throw it to sales and then sales just has to sort of get it through the sales process somehow. You can use automation to say, hey, when it hits this stage, this is what we really should be doing. This is the information we should be providing. This is when we should yep. reach out. This is how off we should reach out. And those tasks and activities can also be automated. While the sales rep also has control over what does that uh, relationship look like? You know, how am I interacting with them? But you can sort of help the team understand the process. And since that blend is there, since we have the CRM and marketing, we can also say, well, when we mark something one, we know we want to send this follow-up information. We need the customer to do this as a next step. And so you can really help that process along with the messaging while still having the sales reps really own that sort of connection with, with the customer. And so you don't have to message on behalf of them. They can still have their own flair and tone and all of that, but they at least know what am I supposed to do next or which leads should I be paying attention to? Because we have sort of that engagement activity helping saying this is, this is top of the list today. We really should be focusing here. I think one of the largest misses that a lot of small businesses uh, have is 
once they convert them as a customer, so now they're closed one. Uh, one is the segmentation, bringing it back to the story of me being a customer with my insurance company. Uh, but two, wowing your customer. I think that's a huge miss that a lot of small businesses uh, don't execute on, which is uh, – making sure they stay in touch with them, giving them uh, tips and tricks over the next 30, 60, 90 days on how they can uh, use their solution or product better. Uh, in addition to that, following up with them on birthdays and anniversaries and things like that. There's a lot that you can just gather and automate that makes that person feel special, which then turns into what? Referrals. So now you have a customer referral and a generation solution that will actually bring in revenue. And what's the, what's the easiest way to increase your revenue? Sell to customers that are already paying you money. So- Make it easier on yourself. Yeah, and I will say a lot of marketing automation companies sort of, they focus so much on that top of the funnel mm -hmm. to first purchase. And then it's sort of, great, we got it. And let's just keep focusing on that top of the funnel. Whereas uh, we really focus on, well, what can you do even after that first purchase? How can you help them refer or review or repeat or expand mm -hmm. or even drive awareness to other people um, and become ambassadors or things like that. So I, I think far too often people get so focused on, I just got to get them to pay and then forget about the rest of the experience. And, and that's something that we, we really highlight and sort of talk about in our education and, and when we talk to our own users. I think that's a really good point. Um, I think I, I read a statistic recently that said 67% of people after they purchase a product or a service have regret. And so what happens is if you're not following up within the first few days after purchase to reaffirm that they made the right decision, it starts to be like a little chip on their shoulder. Now, maybe you'll have a, the potential to wow them and, and they're going to love, you know, your product or service, but those that don't get wowed very quickly, that, that what happens is it starts to grow. And they, they build more remorse and you're either going to get a, get someone who's going to ask for a return or a refund, or you're going to get someone who's never going to buy again, because you basically by not following up and reaffirming, they made the right decision. They're going to make the decision that they did not make the right decision and they will seek another solution in the future. So I, I think it's really interesting that you, you bring that up and that kind of touches on understanding the full customer journey. And that journey doesn't stop once it's, once they come to purchase, it's what happens after that. And it ties back into what you're saying is making sure that you segment, you automate, that it goes to the right people for the right follow-up at the right point, but making sure that all of that is tied together and works in sync. So whether you're using a different e-commerce platform or whatever, understanding what you're doing before you build your automation and then making sure that the automation you're using has the scalable power to deliver, not just today, but tomorrow and next year. And if you'll allow me, I think one of the things that you said that really piqued my interest was, I mean, I don't know what your annual revenue is, but I think it's safe to say it's probably well, well, well over a million dollars a year. And I think it's safe <laughs> to say that your, your prospect and email list is probably in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions. And so if, if a company at your size and how many employees do you all have right now? Like ballpark over 400. Over, okay. So if you have over 400 employees, like do you, you know, the revenue has got to be in the probably hundred million somewhere, somewhere near there or more. And I'm not a financial expert, but 
<laughs> if a company at your size and scale is using your own system, that speaks volumes to scalability, right? So whether your list is 100 people or 100,000 people, I mean, obviously, if you all are using the system, it's a scalable platform that, that can grow with any, any business. One, yeah, and I wanted to come back to saying, you know, build an automation and, and build processes that you can sort of grow with. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things. You can certainly come on to Active Campaign and build a very simple, and I don't like the word simple, you could still be effective, but a very simple drip sequence. Someone comes on my list and I really want to send them a series of three emails. And our biggest educational uh, element is turn that on, you know, get people flowing through that. And then as you learn more about what you want to do and how you want to segment and how you want to change up that flow, it's already on. You can start building those branches. You don't have to sort of restart over. Um, and so that's something that, you know, I've learned. I've, I've built out a ton of automations here for us, for, for our different teams. And it's really, let's get something on. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. Let's see how it flows. And then say, oh, well, we grew the team. We built this new team. We have a totally different department. All you need to do is build a branch off of some of that data, but you're already collecting it. And so I think that's one of the, another scary thing when people think about automation, they think they have to have everything mapped out from the beginning. Um, And really it's, what's the minimum viable product? This is the product person coming out in me, but what's the MVP of it? And then let's iterate from there. Um, You don't have to have every single branch and segment sort of thought about from the beginning. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like uh, an example of going to the gym, like say like, I want to, you know, I want to look like a bodybuilder or I want to have a beach body, right? You don't sign up to a gym membership and then you expect the next day to have that. It's something that you, you start small, you work a little, it takes a little bit of time, you see results and then, and then you grow into whatever that goal is. You, you never hit the home run on the first try and you shouldn't in marketing because you have to learn from your mistakes and your experiences. So you have an intelligently designed system that works for your business. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is spend, you know, 80 hours building out this complex sort of branches and logic and different teams and then, and then turn it on and say, oh, well, someone didn't flow the way that I thought they would. (laughs) Um, And so we, we really like, let's, let's start small. Let's turn it on. Let's make sure that it's going the way that we want. And then let's build some branches and some actions and different things from, from there. Yeah, a lot of uh, what, what we see is a lot of customers come over and their biggest issues, they don't actually know what's going on in their list. So by starting small allows them to get an understanding of who's engaging, where are they moving, where are the ebbs and flows with segmentation and tagging, it allows you to move people around. What that gives you is a story of which you can then turn that story into automation. Uh, but it gives them an understanding of actually what's going on in my list, who's engaging, who's not engaging, what are they interested in, and so on and so forth. And so that's the reason why you say, you know, uh, <clears throat> I would say, and I can't remember who said this. I'm probably stealing it from him, so um, credit later. Um, uh, software isn't scary. Automation is scary. But it's only scary if you try to build out this massive uh, sequence. And I've seen people build out the Death Star looking um, automation and it's a lot. One thing breaks and you're in trouble. And so start off slow, understand what your list is doing, educate them. And then at that point in time, you can get a little bit more complex, a little bit more sophisticated and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Well, let's take a quick break and we come right back. Let's get into some of the the really cool features that you guys have, especially some new ones that just came uh, just came out. 
Great. Sounds good. Hi, I'm Sean Wynott, producer of the Biz Power Hour podcast. I hope you're enjoying this episode with our guests at Active Campaign. While we take this break, I invite you to check out a marketing methodology called the flywheel that we fine-tune for our clients over at Built by Love. We've had such great success with it that we wanted to share it with you. We've released an in-depth blog post complete with a free downloadable resource guide to help you get started. Just go to bizpowerhour.com slash flywheel. That's biz, B-I-Z, powerhour.com slash flywheel. I know you'll enjoy it. Now, let's get back to the really juicy part of the podcast with Daniel, Kelly, and Corey. Welcome back to the Business Power Hour. This is Daniel Bushes. We're talking about the hidden power of Active Campaign with Kelly O'Connell and Corey Snyder from Active Campaign. Earlier, we were talking about the differences between what a CRM is, what a, you know contact records are, what email um, marketing and automation is. We touched over a, a lot of different things, but now what I'd like to do with the last part of this episode is get into some really cool stuff that Active Campaign's been doing and some of the features that really pack the power and the punch for your marketing needs. And so, Kelly, there's, there's a lot that you guys have to offer, and I surely don't want to steal your thunder, but I know that you've got, you know, conversations, you've got, you know, predictable email, and again, I don't want to steal your thunder, so I'm going to let you kind of take it from here, and please, you know, talk to us about some of these things and what it can do right, right out of the box. Of course. Yeah. So we mentioned earlier, we focus a lot on the customer experience um, and we know that no two customers are alike. And so we, our focus in our product roadmap is how can we make it so easy to build out pathways and automations, but knowing that Corey may go through an automation completely differently than I may based on what we know about them. And we don't want to force our users to build a path out for Kelly and a path out for Corey and a path out for Daniel. We want our system to just sort of know these people are different and they're going to flow through differently. Um, But based on that customer experience, we also talked a little earlier about, you know, customers are engaging with your brand lots of different ways. And so our conversations product um, that we launched earlier this year is focusing on not just that email, but they're engaging with your brand on different channels. And so conversations launched with web chat. So the ability to have that human touch one-to-one conversation on the site, and then that will quickly grow into other channels. So again, since it's an active campaign, it's not, well, when someone reaches out to me on Facebook, I have no idea who they are. And when they reach out to me on WhatsApp, I have no idea who they are. And when they reach out to me only an active campaign, do I know who they are? We want to make sure that we know who they are. We can continue that conversation. We can follow up where we left off because they're going to engage with you wherever they are on their phone or on their website. Um, And so conversations is really solving that element of the customer experience that's outside of more of the traditional marketing that maybe we've been, been focused on up to that point. So that's really exciting. That'll continue to have channels added and functionality and even automation around that. Um, But then moving into sort of the customer experience piece, you mentioned predictive sending. 
which is one of three big buckets that we're focusing on. So we have three buckets that we think about when we think about customer experience and really one-to-one -one personalization. One of those being timing. So when should people get emails or messages? When should sales reps reach out? Um, when does it make sense to send abandoned cart emails? How long after that abandonment? And for each person, for each customer, that's different. And so we are leveraging some data science to really understand what's the best time for that person, not for the entire audience. And I think that's the differentiation between us and other platforms is they may have optimal send time or things like that, but that's really for an entire audience, whereas we're focusing on the individual. So timing is one of those predictive sending within automations has launched. So that is live. And then the other two buckets that we'll really be focusing on is content. So what's the best content for different people to see? And again, on that one-to-one -one level, not forcing our users to create rules for if you're in this segment, show this. If you're in this segment, show a different image or text or button or color, whatever that may be, um, but really making sure that's one-to-one. -one. And then the third would be routing. So lots of um, lots of platforms say like, oh, we'll just know which path to send people down, but users are still required to build the rules around if they look like this, I want them to go down this path. And so we'll start thinking about how can we make that knowing Corey should go down this path based on things that we know about Corey versus Kelly who goes down a different one. Um, we've started that with, we have split actions and testing within automations. So I can actually test whole branches or workflows or different channels or different times. Um, and so right now that is a test that's available, but we'll get really into that one-to-one -one as we continue on with, with the product. So um, lots of things that you can already do goals. I can use goal actions to say, drop them down here when they do a triggering event or when they meet certain criteria. So people are already going through automations very differently than others with, with the functionality we have today. Um, but we're just going to keep deepening that to make sure it's truly one-to-one -one personalization. So you, you talked about a lot of uh, really cool things. So um, what I want to do is I kind of want to cover each of them because I have, I have questions. I want to learn more. And then, of course, I'm sure that the listeners, too, are probably like, well, hold on. What about, well, what about conversations? What about this and this? So let's start there and let's try to tackle each one um, briefly. So for conversations, if I'm understanding correctly, is you have the ability that someone can embed, say, on their homepage of their website, like a, a chat widget that a visitor can come to and start a conversation. Is that correct? That's correct. So okay. they could be net new person. We don't know who they are, or they could have hit our site and we already know who they are. And so we'll have that, their record. If we already know this visitor is this person, we'll have all their details. But if they're anonymous, we'll still be able to engage with them. Okay. And is that, uh, is that like a chat bot or is someone on the other end, like the, the owner of the business, like responding? So how does that conversation work? Yeah, currently it is live. So currently there are agents with an inbox and active campaign that can type back, that can be notified that 
you know, someone left a message. We do have the ability to say if an agent isn't present, isn't online, then we do have a form. Let us know who you are so we can get in touch with you, you know, when we're back online. Um, that functionality will continue to be built up. So what message do we want to show when someone hits the page? What follow-up do we want? What greeting? Things like that. So it's not a chatbot in the sense of, you know, if they reply like this, show this message or show this different form. Um, although that's certainly somewhere that we could start leading toward. Right now it is truly someone is there talking, talking back and chatting back. But if not, we can collect their information and then have that conversation later. Gotcha. So if there's, um, if someone uh, has active campaign and they install the conversation uh, chat widget on their homepage, then what you're saying is active campaign is going to be intelligent enough to know that if Jane Doe, who's already on this company's list, visits the homepage, active campaign is going to know that. And so if she engages with the conversation, it's going to save that information into her contact record. And then potentially, can you launch automation off of that as well? Yeah. So we just had a big kickoff yesterday with the product teams around those different use cases. And what would I want to do when a conversation happens, when she engages with it, when she dismisses it, when the agent says, great, we've had the conversation, I mark it complete. So that's all certainly on our roadmap with what we want to do with that conversation within automations. Gotcha. And when you're saying agent, the agent is, you know, if it's XYZ company, and they have uh, a secretary in the company that's manning the conversations, she's live replying. So it's human to human interaction that's getting saved down. Exactly. And she's not just live replying. She has, if you're already on the list, she has all of your details. She has mm -hmm. the conversation history. So <clears throat> she can know how you've been engaging on the site, the details that you have, different marketing um, that you've engaged with other conversations you've had. So that's all there in the inbox. So it can be a really relevant conversation, um, not just sort of, you know, I'm a robot sitting behind a screen pretty much. So it seems really cool to me. I mean, like, this is just me geeking out on marketing, right? So, uh, and we were talking actually, selfishly, we were talking to one of our, our clients that actually uses uh, Active Campaign, and we built them a membership portal. And so we said, hey, so you've got sales reps and based off the pages that the, the person is in this membership portal, your sales rep or the system will know, be intelligent enough to know if they're a lead or a prospect, right? Or an actual customer. And so based off of that, if they engage with the conversation, this, you know, this chat widget, then that's going to give your, your sales rep ammo to know, do they, do they go into a customer service like support role of like, hi, you bought the product. This is what we got to do. Or do they start to sell them? You know? um, so that's one use case. And another one I would imagine would be pretty amazing is if you installed that on a sales page and you're driving like a sale, right? And it's like, hey, 40% off this weekend. And then on that offer page or that sales page, you have that conversation. So if someone's like, hey, I'd like to buy, but I have a question about this. If you have someone manning that, they potentially can answer that real quick before that person decides they're going to go buy elsewhere. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So really providing that opportunity for them to ask questions, get information. That's really the, the pain point that we're solving right now. And then certainly thinking about if someone hits the site and they're a lead, 
instead of them saying, I want to go chat, can we show different messages knowing that they're a lead versus a customer? Do we have something that automatically sort of shows up and says, hi, you just purchased, you know, do you have any questions versus, hi, it looks like you're interested. Let's tell you about, you know, this product offering. That's, that's really slick. So when you're talking about predictable sending, um, you know, me as a marketer, I'm, you know, our agency is building campaigns and things like that for customers and clients. And so that's one of the biggest challenges is people, they always ask, you know, what's the best time to send an email? And there's no right answer to that. It's like, <laughs> it's you industry statistics based off of like where you are in the world and who your audience is and how engaged or not engaged they are with your list and all these other factors. There is no right answer, but yet, they somehow read things online like, well, I heard on this day and this time, it's the best time to send an email. And in actuality, that may be completely wrong for them. So um, that's one of the challenges with typical automation is you build like a set or a series of emails that are supposed to go down the path at a set cadence or time of the send. And usually if you have 10,000 people or a thousand people going through that, those list of sequences, you can set it up that says, on Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning, send this email and everybody gets that email at that exact time. But some people on the list might be more apt or probable to open the email at 4 p.m. or 7 p.m. or, you know, 6 in the morning. So can you explain that a little bit more to say predictable sending if you have a, a campaign, you've got a series of emails. So if what I'm hearing is correct, each person, you could have a thousand people hitting that automation that that email is supposed to go on, go out, but every single person will uniquely get an email based off of that person's most probable rate of opening email, not the whole bucket as a whole. Exactly. Yeah. So there's star- there still are use cases where you would want to say Thursday at 10 a.m. If I have sure. an event and I mm-hmm. want to send, I want to make sure this goes out at 10 a.m., um, But there are use cases where if I have maybe a 21-day challenge, I want to make sure it goes out that day, but I'm really more focused that the person engages with the email. Um, And so I'm a late riser. I check my emails later than anyone else. But if we were to say all of active campaign employees, you know, let's send it at eight. That's when everyone gets in. That is going to look totally different across 400 people when we're all going to read that email. And so it truly is looking at the individual's most probable time to open currently, but we've built it in a way that we could build it, start thinking about what's their most probable time to actually engage, not just open, but when do we know that they're going to convert on this email, whatever that conversion may look like. And so it is a one-to-one, I send to a thousand people through an automation a thousand different times that it sends out based on that person's most probable time to open. And that absolutely crushes what the typical stance (laughs) currently is in the industry of like, let's a B test. And I don't want to get in the mathematics of it, but unless you have an incredibly large list, a B tests are excuse my language BS. They have (laughs) no relevant data at all. So you're like taking two shots in the wind and hoping you're going to choose the right racing horse, right, on that one. And A-B test is still across a segment of people. It's just that group of people on right. average opened at a, you know, at a better time. And so um, it really is taking that sort of guesswork out and, and truly knowing I'm going to open it 
probably at this time. And so we're going to send it at that time. Which is great because if you're, say for example, if you're, if you tend to open emails at 10 a.m. and I send you an email at 7 a.m., by the time that you actually go to your inbox to open, there potentially could be 35 emails sitting on top of that. Right. You may not even get to that email. You may, you know, try to open your inbox, look at it and say, I'm going on vacation. I, I don't have time. And then my offer may not be relevant by the time you come back. So I might have missed an opportunity for you to buy during a sale that you likely would have bought if it was sent at the right time and was sitting at the top of your inbox rather than buried with all the other stuff in there. Right. And unfortunately, everyone's reading the articles about the best time to send. And so everyone's sending at Thursday at 10 a.m. Um, <laughs> and so that's when I get every single marketer's emails. Um, and, and so really understanding, you know, each individual person's likelihood to open. It's, it's far more powerful than, than other things out there that say that they're, you know, optimal send times. That's really for a, for a group of people, not for one person. Yeah, totally get it. And then you were talking about um, content, right? So talk to me a little bit more about that in depth. So when you were talking about different images and things like that, um, does that mean that, say, for example, if I own an ice cream shop and I know that some people like chocolate ice cream and some people like vanilla, that if I send one email based off of their preference that's saved in the database, that they'll get a picture and an email with chocolate or vanilla? Like, what does that, what does that mean? I, you know, you could, you could actually do that now. So we have conditional content where I could based on information I know about groups of people say, show this image. If they're in this city or they meet this Mm -hmm. condition or this criteria, they have this tag or show a different image. If they have different criteria, that's already in the platform. So you can set up those rules and say, I want totally, I want to show this event because I know these people are in one location all within one email. I don't have to build out, you know, five different emails for different segments. What we're pushing toward is even more personalized than that. So things like recommended products, I could know, okay, if they purchased this type of product, I could recommend these five. Um, But really, It's saying, here are my five variants, here are the five different things I could show, but I don't know which one is best for Kelly. And so based on things that we know about Kelly, we can decide which content to show um, so that the user themselves doesn't have to build those rules out. But that rule-based dynamic conditional content, we we have that today, which is a a great huge step toward what what we're trying to, to get to. So that's incredibly powerful because we all know that in the world today of marketing, we have to be dynamic, right? People want, they demand customized experiences. And if you try to do a one size fits all, you're going to fail. And so when you're trying to build things at scale, it can balloon up very fast if you're like, well, hold on, based off of this or this, I've got to write, you know, six different emails for these six different segments and offer them different products. And it gets, it gets overwhelming. And even for agencies that, you know, have a team of professionals, that's still a lot of work on their end. And if we're doing it for customers, it gets really expensive for them. So if I'm understanding correctly, 
if, and let's just use, I like to use examples. So if I'm an art studio and I have a beginner art class and an intermediate art class and an advanced art class, and obviously I'm smart enough as a business owner that I've segmented people based off of, did you take the beginner class? Because if so, then I want to offer you the intermediate. And if you've taken nothing, I'm not going to offer you the advanced class. I'm going to assume that you're, you're likely going to need to take the beginner class. And so what you're saying is I can write one email, send that one email out, and then it's going to dynamically show the right, you know, picture. And maybe in the picture, I even have like some, you know, some text over the picture saying, you know, beginner class, you know, $99 or whatever. And so it's going to, it's going to drive to all the different segments within the one email. I don't have to create a whole bunch of emails. Exactly. Yeah. And that happens so often that, I know that the main text and the footer and everything after it is all going to be the same. It's just this middle part, the call to action or the thing that I'm highlighting that I need to be different. Um, and, and prior to dynamic or conditional content, you had to build each of those segments out. And you can just say this block only shows if someone meets this criteria and otherwise this block shows or this block shows. Um, and I've, you know, helped customers build out. They've Throw, they're throwing events, they have suggested agendas for mm. their attendees. And so they, right. these are the different courses or sessions that I think my <clears throat> attendees should go to. Um, and so they have that in, in fields. They know this is course one that I think this person should take versus course one for another person. And they build that all out in one email instead of, you know, every variation of courses one through five that, that someone should take all within one email. They can, they can do that. And Corey, being a sales professional, if, if a business is doing an event, right, and let's say these tickets are like $1,000 and you've got different agendas and course tracks and maybe you want to upsell people who have already registered to like a private dinner or to get the recordings or anything else and all that's going to drive back to you for the sale, does that make your job easier to convert those people if they're getting the right stuff based off of what they've done or not done? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, it's a simple answer. That's, that's like the, the key to it. And that's one of the reasons why I got super excited about training active campaign is it all comes back to the beginning. We are focused on something very, very specific. We're going to get really, really good at it. And then we're going to evolve on that, not only for the customer experience, but our partner experience and how they're helping our customers. Uh, but yeah, the ability to be able to say, I have an event that's coming up with 30,000 people and I know that this person likes this specific speaker or they like this specific content or they like this specific color, whatever it is to be able to be able to send out one email saves me a ton of time. It's like the next evolution of automation. Um, that ability to do that one should increase my conversion rates should increase the amount of my opens, which may not increase my conversion rates, but it gives an opportunity to send that over to my sales rep to then get the conversion. And it's just, again, it all ties it together to be able to say, how do I create that visceral connection with that individual that says they know me, they care, and they're sending content when I read it, when I open, when I engage and the content specific to me. So as, as a sales professional, have you found that it's easier for, you know, yourself and in the past your teams to efficiently close if they have a conversation where the prospect has already been informed of what you want to sell them versus 
where your, your sales rep has to basically explain to them what they're going to try to sell them and then sell them on it. So like, and here's the example I, I'm giving. So if you have a, a, an event attendee that's already purchased a ticket and now you want to sell them the VIP package, which is an additional amount of money. And so the person's now been made aware of that because they've got the conditional email and they call you instead of you having to say, hey, did you know we have this other package? Let me explain it to you. This is the price. If they call you and they're already informed about it, is it easier to close them because they're getting that communication already? I would say it's easier to have the conversation to close. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I always argue that sales is a, is a talent and uh, a skill and ability. So you still have to teach that, but it definitely puts you in the ability to win the sale, to win the business uh, much easier. It also, to, it, it shortens the sales cycle. And I think if you look at anybody in the industry that you're, that when you're selling something, there are usually a couple of things you look at. And one of them is your sales cycle. One of them obviously is conversion rates, your conversion from uh, lead to customer, lead to opportunity to customer, all of those things you can now track. But for me, I, I look heavily at uh, what was the time to, time to close. Right, right, absolutely. And then Kelly, the, the, fourth, the fourth thing you mentioned um, let's cover that real quick. So if you can just um, refresh my memory, I know we got into all these different conversations that got me excited and now I can't remember the fourth one you the had. Routing, the sort of split testing of, of branches. Ah, yeah. So the, the logic. So give me a use case on that, just a simple one so I can understand that. Yeah. So we had, we had a lot of users ask to be able to split test emails in automations um, and while that is a huge value add, we sort of took it a step further and said, well, we should be able to split test workflows, sequences of things. Um, and so what that allows users to do is not just test sort of, well, here's two different emails I could send in an automation. We also can start testing email versus SMS, email versus a site message, email versus nothing. And then past even messaging, we can start testing time between those emails, time between those actions. Um, we can test, do I want to get a sales rep involved or not? And so testing entire workflows, not just one sort of action of a workflow, and really understanding um, what's going to work, not based on opens or anything that we define, but really based on a desired outcome that the user defines. So here's the work, here's what the workflow is. And here's what I'm trying to get them to do. I'm trying to get them to purchase or get back to my site or call me. Um, and so I can test series of actions against each other to see which one's the most effective at getting contacts to do that. And so you so, can start testing just pure 50, 50. Okay. You can expire it. You can say, I want to test for a month or I want to test until I've tested, you know, 5,000 contacts, and then that'll make me feel pretty comfortable. So that's in the platform now. Um, the other thing that you can start building with that split action, which isn't so much a test, but more allowing you to do more in an automation, is I can say, I want everyone to go down that, that left path, that path A, until something happens. So if I have an offer that I really only want a subset of my list to see, I could say everyone sees that offer until a thousand people see it and then everyone else goes down a different path. Wow. Or if I have a limited quantity, I could say everyone goes down path A until 500 people have purchased 
And then everyone goes down path B. We're out of space. We're out of inventory. We don't have any more tickets left, but we can keep nurturing them. Or I can date base it. This sale only goes on until May 30. And then after May 30 hits, everyone sees sales over totally different emails. So instead of having to build out all of these automations to make sure, do I turn this one on yet or off? Or how do I get people through? You can really start building those conditions within automations. So limited scarcity offers, Mm -hmm. space, events, anything like that. You can still have the branches and it'll just automatically switch over to the other path once once you've hit that. That's, that's pretty incredible, actually. It's so my favorite, it's my favorite action in the platform. So <laughs> I would agree with you that I'm over here. I'm geeking out on that. Uh, I mean, literally today, um, we have a very, very high volume um, real estate company. And so I was consulting with them and we were talking about all these different kinds of things. And they were talking about you know, and I don't want to get into confidential things, but let's just say they spend a tremendous amount of money in ads every month. And in having the conversation, they're saying, we just don't know like what's really converting, uh, you know, is the email converting or, you know, the sales reps will sometimes call and then other times the sales reps will text message them. And we just don't, we really don't know. And so we were walking through this discussion of how do we get really granular to understand what works, what doesn't, where do you invest your money, your time and your resources, and where are the things that you put on hold until you come up with a better solution, right, for the conversion. And so we could literally use that and say to that client, hey, we're going to do a workflow. And for ease of example, 50% are going to get a text message. The other 50% are going to get an email And whichever one, you know, wins on the conversion is the one we're going to double down on. And so we don't have to build all this crazy stuff. It's going to do it. And then it's going to give us those, those results. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is you get to define what that conversion is. So far too often split testing is on like open and click rate, but really I'm trying to get them to go do something other than just open and click. And so being able to set, this is my desired outcome and that's what it's testing against, not just engagement of those messages, um, really makes it far, far more valuable. Yeah. That, that literally changes the game in marketing to, to have intelligent strategy driven decisions. And that's the biggest thing that, you know, small business owners, we deal with them every day is, you know, they want to get the biggest bang for their buck, rightfully so, but they don't know, you know, should I send email? How many should I send? You know, will email work? What's the best time to send? What about, you know, having a conversation on my website? What about text messaging? There's all these different factors and it can be overwhelming. And when you try to figure out what's actually converting, it gets really convoluted unless you're a professional marketer that does this for a living, you just don't have the bandwidth of the time or maybe even the know-how to figure that stuff out. So a lot of people are still shooting in the dark and they don't know, and they could be losing thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars by just not having that knowledge that's built right in. Right. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I know we're at the top of the hour. And so I just want to cover a couple more things I I know you guys integrate with Zapier, which basically opens the world of possibilities to pretty much unlimited. 
And then you guys also have a native integration with Shopify. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Cause that's, that's a lot of people, you know, a lot of people use WooCommerce and other platforms. There's nothing wrong with those, but a lot of people that are strictly e-commerce, they, for whatever reason, they're preferring um, Shopify. And that's one of the biggest things is, hey, I need to do marketing. I need to do it intelligently so that if there's an abandoned cart sequence or, you know, if someone bought this one thing, I want to sell them the other thing. They're having a hard time figuring out how to, how to report that all into the system and then automate against that to obviously increase, increase sales and convert more customers. So you guys have a, a deep integration, right? Is all that possible right in the platform? Yeah, so we bring in every order that someone makes to their contact record. So we can see every single order with details of that order, which products, what, how much was that order for? And then we aggregate that up. So if I have 10 orders, we'll sort of add that all up to what's my total revenue? How many products have I purchased? How many purchases have I made? So then you can start automating around this is a first-time buyer versus Mm -hmm. a multi-time buyer. Um, This is a high-value customer that spent over $500 with us. Um, Or this is sort of a a lower one that we want to expand that revenue. Um, And then, you know, with abandoned cart, certainly uh, e-commerce platform providers do abandoned carts. But since it's all in that uh, one system with the other things that they may have done, we can make that abandoned cart even smarter. So it's not just, hey, come back and get this. We may know other products they've looked at that they've expressed interest in and sort of add those into the email as well. Um, And so, yeah, we can trigger automations on purchases, on abandoned um, carts. We have all of that data to segment on. So you can even pass just that order an abandoned cart. We can start saying, oh, well, go grab me everyone that purchased this product at least, you know, six months ago up to today because I have this new product that's really similar and I want to send, you know, information out about it. I don't want to send it out to my whole list, but at least people that I think would be really highly likely to convert. And that's where, again, dynamic marketing, not old school marketing, that systems aren't that intelligent, right? So if you have that set up that, hey, when when a person hits X amount of value, launch them into the high value customer campaign, which, you know, might thank them and then give them an exclusive offer, acknowledging that you know that they're a high value and they're a loyal customer. So all of those things then tie back into, you know, the, the relevant content, conditional content that goes into those emails, you know, whether they bought like product X category or product Y category and predictable sends, all that stuff beautifully ties all back together. Now, there's one final thing I want to talk about, if you'll allow me. And so you guys have built-in math functionality into your system, right? So yeah, that's one of I my know, moments. <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, this is more, I would arguably say, as an advanced feature of someone that's, a, you know, arguably a marketer and they can understand the power of why you'd want to be able to do math and then automate math to a contact record, Right. So do you want to give an example of of what this feature can do and why it would be valuable for someone? Yeah. So right now it's pretty simple, but we certainly have plans to expand it. But right now um, people may be using like lead scoring in a weird way to accomplish this, but 
even for me, when I was running the customer success department, I wanted to know on a contact record, how many one-on-ones had that person had with my team? And so each time they scheduled a one-on-one, I could add one to that field and just keep a counter. So even things like counters, um, you could multiply, you can divide, you can subtract. So right now it's pretty simple, but that's leading more toward if I want to take two fields. So if I know that my total purchase minus my cost of goods sold, and then save that into a field and, and have that math sort of sitting there for personalization, for anything on that front. But, um, you know, really right now it's helping with, I just need to add one each time, or I want to multiply it by five because they bought five of these products. Um, so really right now it, it's just sort of V1 of, of where we're trying to go. But even as a counter, it works, it works really well. And so um, you're saying add and subtract. Can it can it multiply and divide as well? It can multiply and divide. Yep, and okay. it can do that on. You know, cur- we have currency fields. We have um, we have numeric fields, and then you know, if it, if it happens to be a text input, but we can tell it's an integer, we can we can do it with those as well. So if you're uh, if you're a business coach, right? Because uh, I know this is one of the biggest things that we've we've come across for, you know, marketing agencies, consultants, and just coaches, whichever field they're coaching in, right? And they're like, hey, so I've I I sell a pack of five sessions, and they're one hour sessions. How do I how do I track so I know is this customer have they done three sessions or four sessions, and how many sessions do they have left? And you know. What if I'm going to expire these sessions in 30 days and uh, how can I let them know that, hey, you only have like two more sessions and you got a week left in order to use these things. So you're saying like with your math feature, not only can it count or subtract, like, hey, you only have three out of five sessions remaining, but it can send an automation based off of that too, right? Yeah. So you could say if you bought five packs at 10 hours each, we could go ahead and say, great, that's a... 50 hour, 50 hour thing. And then we could reduce that after they use a session. So they used a session. Let's reduce that down 10 um, and then use that field to personalize the message. Hey, you have 10, you know, you have 40 hours left. Um, but you can also use it to trigger other automations or branch other automations. And um, this is where I'm going to totally geek out and go total <laughs> left field here. So we do it internally at our agency and we don't suggest anyone does it unless they're really advanced, but we've harnessed progressive profiling. And so we have a membership portal. And once you go into the portal, you can binge all you want, like Netflix, you can get all of the resources, but cause we already have your name and email address. We don't need to ask that again. That's, that's a friction point of asking dumb questions when you already have the answer. <laughs> So they come in and they can see all of our training. And then what we do is, you know, click on anything you want. It's yours for free. You're in our world. But once they click on the next thing, we do math. And then we say, oh, they're asking for one additional piece of free content. And then we hit them with a qualifying question. Hey, how many employees do you have? They answer the question. They get the free piece of content in our membership site. Then they go click on the next thing. And it's like, oh, just one more question. So we're using that in a really intelligent fashion to be able to build incredibly robust consumer profiles 
to then sell them highly detailed information or services based off what, what they're consuming. And so that's where a math feature, if you're you know, more of an advanced marketer, like with Active Campaign, this is, this is like a home run. I mean, this makes this so simple and it's instant. Like you don't have to worry about it. integration and sending data and waiting for the data to come back. And then it's a weird experience. It's, it's instantaneous. So yeah, I don't know if you're thinking about that. That's, I, I told you I was going to take a total left field on this. <laughs> but, that was impressive. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. So, well, um, I definitely appreciate your time. So what I wanted to do is just kind of wrap it up. So, I mean, um, it, I, I mean, you've definitely, you know, you've proven to me that Active Campaign truly has incredible power. I love the direction that you all are taking this in and that you're really looking at a modern way of marketing and looking at, you know, holistic and dynamic customer experiences. It's not one size fits all. It's a unique experience for each person that's customized to them where they are in their journey. Um, I love that. I think that's, that's the future of, of intelligent marketing automation. So um, are there any final words that you want to say? And then please do. I, I know people are saying, how the heck do I, how do I find them? Like, how can I, get, you know, how can I give this thing a, a test run? So by any, by all means, give some final words that you want to kind of wrap this up with and let know, let people know how they can get a hold of you. Yeah. My only thing would be, you know, we talked, we talked about a lot it, and sometimes it can be very overwhelming and, and sort of intimidating. Yep. My biggest thing is you're probably already thinking about this. Uh, you're probably already thinking about how can I create a really great experience for my customers. Um, not everything has to be planned out. Would love to talk about the platform, give it a try, see what you're already doing. Um, more than welcome to start a trial at activecampaign.com slash free. Uh, it's a free two-week trial um, we do migrate over, you know, contacts and templates and things like that. If you decide that you like, you like what you see and you like what you play with, but, um, we have a great team here that would love to talk to you and sort of remove any sort of that intimidation that, that may occur when you just think about everything that's possible. So again, sort of starting small methodology and, and my philosophy is just see what you're already doing and, and maybe play around and, and see what's out there. Well, um, Kelly, Corey, I really want to thank you for your time. Um, I know you all have a thousand things to do working on Active Campaign's future. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast and have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. This podcast is produced by DanielBushes.com and Built by Love Marketing Agency. If you'd like more information about this episode or future episodes, please go to bizpowerhour.com.